Corner Press Podcast. I am your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight is Josh Cacho after quite the win from LAFC. Josh, how are you doing? I mean, how can you not be doing well after the Pigeon game? Right. I mean, you get to see... I mean, I get I the last thing all I'm waiting for now is just to see who who reigns supreme in um in the bank because from what I heard the last time Ollie flew she t- just about took off and didn't come back into the stadium for a while and the pigeon apparently is taking over so it'll be we interesting see, to uh, see how this one plays out. We have another pigeon game where they put up uh at least four goals and <laughs> Ollie better watch out because mm-hmm. something's coming. Uh, yeah, quite the match. Uh, really fun to watch that pigeon through the absolutely the entire first half. Like coming back down, flying around. Uh, LAFC did some great stuff again, putting up seven on Juarez, uh, who are an interesting team. Not great, but at least they play right. They yeah. they pressed the entire time. They came after it. Uh, scored an acrobatic goal off a corner. A lot of acrobatic goals from them. Uh, a lot of like volleys and stuff too. I think there were two different volleys from outside the box that really tested McCarthy, uh, who seems to have heard our our midseason review show. I blame Joe. He said he was regular. <laughs> Dang, that man had some incredible saves uh, on some some wild shots, and uh, it was a it was a great game. Um, so despite it being the Cash Cup. Uh, and kind of the cynical cash grab from League IMX and, and MLS. Uh, a really fun game um, to watch at LAFC as they're rested, and uh, hopefully this is a sign of things to come. Yeah, I mean, again, and the good thing is, the good thing is that they, they believe because of them having won the the cup or shield, supporter shield. I forget which one was the one that made them. I think get it's the, the cup body. that advances them directly to. Yeah. Yeah. But they also get home games throughout, right? I believe is the situation. Oh, is that it? Okay. Yeah. So that'll be it's good, all things considered. When they're not, if they're not traveling, you know, kids said it's hard to go wrong for this team yeah. because yeah. it just given how exhausted they'd look. Again, this was a team. This was the team that we had come to love and expect, you know, through the early parts of the season, right? And then obviously with yeah. the amount of games and everything, they started to fade late, and obviously then a at a very inopportune time given given what we were playing for. But again, today, or not today, yesterday, right? Given that we're a, mm-hmm. we're a day late on this one. Um, it was fun to watch this team because again, it, it they looked like they were back to their old selves. Yeah, right? yeah. Again, that 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 break definitely seemed to do do them well. Uh lots of cool storylines, lots of interesting um like tactical nuances to get to. Uh, I think one of the best ones from last night is Nathan Ordaz getting his first goal. It feels like he's deserved one for quite a while um, with the, with the positive performances that he's put in for the senior squad. Um, And he's, he gets the seventh right before the final whistle, the merciful final whistle with like no stoppage time. Um, Bowanga puts him through and he just, he, it looks like he's released out of a cannon down the right wing. Great finish around the keeper on his left. Uh, really, really fun moment. And all I could think about in that, in that moment as he's like running to the corner, pointing to the sky, celebrating as Rafael Ordaz and like mm-hmm. how proud he must be. I realize that makes me sound like an old dad probably cause I am, yep. but it's just like, man, th- this is a kid. 
This is literally a kid, not much older than mine or yours, Josh, um, celebrating an incredible accomplishment, not only of making the senior squad, but then scoring um, at home. Just just so cool. Such a cool moment for, for him and for me to just watch. I, I enjoyed just watching it alongside him. Yeah, and again, I think this is one that we've been like we as a show has been have been waiting for for a long time. You know, like I said, it's we've we've since he's kind of made his way onto the scene this past year. You know, we've always loved his movement, always yeah. loved his attitude, the, the way that he plays. He just needed that one to go in, right? Yeah. And you know, obviously, this is quite the opportunity for him to come in and 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 make it make a name for himself. And again this one just came with the right finish and I hope it yeah. continues. Yeah. He's able to continue to build on that because again, like I would love to, honestly, like, you know, like we're all excited that, you know, that Mario Gonzalez is coming into the team because we're going to have a striker that, you know, is proven and da, da, da. but I would love nothing more for our dads to keep him on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, again, it happened. It does. It just, it happens, you know, like what, how many times do we see it across sports, you know, on, on some of our favorite teams that the homegrown guy is the yeah, one yeah. That, right. that comes in and becomes your future captain. The Duaneuses of the world for LFC now or does, you know, for me as a Liverpool fan, it was Trent Dogs and Arnold right at right back, right? Like, yeah. you know, they seemed like they tried everyone, everyone out there. And then all of a sudden they get this kid that's from the town that grew up, you know, sneaky, you know, like trying to peek over the fence to watch training and all these different things. And mm-hmm. you get to see that guy. And then finally we get one of our own. Right. And so, again, it's just awesome to see, um, like I said, as a, as a dad, you know, as a dad, even more fun, because again, it did, it gives me chills thinking about what that could be for our own families. Right. And yeah, getting yeah. to see some of those things too. So it's cool. Of course. Uh, another storyline last night, Josh is Carlos Vela seems like a man reborn. At least last night, he had all the juice. He looked rejuvenated. Uh, not only not only opportune finishes, uh, but quick releases on those finishes. His second goal, especially, it was just like as soon as the pressure stepped, that ball was shot immediately. Um, classic Vela curler, right? The his first goal is just like. It, it, it looks rather simple, but the awareness and presence of mind, even though it's a flub, we'll talk about this a little bit more as we get into it, but like him thinking three-dimensionally like that, like, okay, we can just, we can chip this one over the keeper. That's for me, always a sign of somebody who's, who's thinking, uh, thinking more efficiently about the game than a lot of people do. Uh, mm-hmm. so good. I, I, I encourage you all this weekend to go to a soccer field and if you're right footed, go to the other side of the box. If you're left footed, go to that side and just have somebody throw a ball in the air and see if you can make that finish. Uh, you will make far fewer than you expect. Yeah. I mean, again, though that that is the quintessential and enig- enigmatic probably is probably the right word. Carlos Vela, right? In yeah. that sense, it's yeah. like for it, it it perfectly encompasses everything that is both why he is loved. And frustrating all at the same time, right? Like, yeah. because when you see him do those different things and you just, man, what, you know, the, I think the question for L3 fans was what could be, right? Yep. Always. When he was at Arsenal, when he came to Spain, like, he was always going to have those moments where you're just like, he does stuff that just only very a select few people in the world, not not just in the league, in the yeah. world can do. Yeah. 
right? And now one of those guys just happens to be in Miami, right? Yeah, and, and at right, times because right. you know there's a there is a video that I was watching and showing my wife because she's trying to figure out why people talk the way they do about Vela and whatnot. And I was like, well, watch this and you'll kind of understand. And it talked about how he at certain times in the league when he was at Sociedad, he'd be, you know, he, I think he was scoring more than Benzema, mm. had more assists than Xavi and Iniesta. And you're just like, okay. But it, you know, yeah. it was just about consistency and, yeah. But also on the flip side of it, as a dad and, and and someone that puts things into the different set of priorities now, you also understand exactly why yeah, he is the way he is. Yeah, yeah. Take it or leave it. We are like turning into dad FC. Okay. We're gonna, I'll take we're it. gonna rebrand. It's the new <laughs> this the new what is it? The the it'll be the new dad corner of the week. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see if that handle's taken. Probably is. Um so I uh, lots of great stuff. Bowanga with the with the hat trick, Hollingshead with uh the most Giassi Zardes goal LAFC has ever scored <laughs> coming <laughs> off his back. Uh, that ball, that ball for the, the shot from Kellen Acosta uh, off the volley. I think it's a half volley that he takes it on off the corner um, is 100% going in. It's going to beat the keeper to the far post. And it just comes right off Hollings has his numbers and deflects the other way. Um yeah, Bowanga uh, doing Bowanga things. Um, I thought I thought a lot of what LAFC did last night was was really good. One big tactical thing I noticed, Josh, is that uh, there was a propensity to build down the right flank a little bit more. Uh, and to use Hollingshead, we've talked about him specifically and how they use him to overload the midfield. But I don't remember seeing them so deliberately play the ball through the right side and then switch play. There's, I think, three different goals uh, as I look through the list here um, that that come down the right side and then get switched. So you have the first Bowanga goal comes through a lot of play, and uh, that's the one that where Kellen Acosta keeps it alive. But that ball comes down the right side, has worked down the right flank. Uh, the next one from Vela is his curler, which comes down the right flank comes back into the midfield. It's a quick one-touch pass from Ilya to keep the ball moving, which is something that we typically don't see, right? They're not willing to hold that ball on the wing and then keep it moving quickly to open something up. Um, and then the Palacios penalty also, where he gets past a admittedly frustrated Xhaka, right? Where Xhaka's just tired of getting beat and he fouls him. Um, but that ball comes down the right flank and is switched. And what you're starting to see is the ball will be switched to, to Bowanga, and then Palacios is coming, to, uh, you know, on the overlapping run, which puts Bowanga in a much better position. Where if you build down the right, now Bowanga's open. He's the free man, or he's only marked one on one because everybody's worried about what's going on in the right. And now Palacios is overlapping, which puts them in a two v one situation, which is much more effective than Bowanga in a one in a one v three, which is what we've seen so much of the past two or three months. I mean, it's amazing what a little bit of time on the training pitch will yeah. allow for. Yeah. You know, because again, I, I do think, I mean, obviously some of it was health and just needing to recharge. But a lot of it is, like you said, when you have a game every four days, three, four days, you're not going to get much time to work on any other tactic than what yeah. we were seeing. And what worked, you know, again, and I think what had, when you look at the kind of the scope of things, you look at the very beginning of the season where they started off hot, building down the right side, then Hollingshead gets hurt. Yeah. Right. 
Palencia, while he's been a revelation and looked really good, different in the way that he plays, right? And, yeah. and the way he plays division. And so it took a while for the, you know, so it took a while for that chemistry to build up between Palencia and Vela while Hogs had recovered. Well, then Palencia gets hurt, mm-hmm. right? And then you get the, now this this whole thing where you're just, you go, you're basically just kind of working with what you can. And that, ta- you know, again, and the tactics just seem to drop and with not a whole lot of time to be able to probably install something new, right? Yeah. You know, again, I think we, as fans, is we get we, it's easy to get impatient and easy to discount what, how much time you know again, and we, and we should probably be more cognizant of it as coaches. The time that is that it does take to install a system, yeah, yeah, of and course. The time that it takes to install, you know, um, like for myself as a you know, like I said, I coach American football, like you know, we do two to three weeks of install, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, in, in before the, prior to the season and whatever, and then if you have to do. You, you know, and then you really you're only installing one or two new concepts a week because it sometimes it's information overload for these guys. Again, they're high school students, and, you know, and again, but even in this case, when you only have so much time and again, and you're not even allowing for recovery also, and maybe because of the amount of games, you're doing less, less tactical work during practice and more recovery. When are you going to come up with something new, right? So again, that's where, as harsh as we've been and as critical as we've been, I do think, right? It's always caveated by man, but you know, like I said, they were going through, they had a lot to figure out. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one one other thing I want to point out about it is there's still some there's still some signs of being overly reliant on the dribble, uh, right off the bat. Bawanga's on, on the right wing coming back to like a right back position and he picks up a ball and starts to dribble for a long time. Now, part of that's the player and part of it is like, they do seem to be building down the right flank and they are more than willing to let the midfielders just advance that ball on the dribble. The problem is, is when they, they're so focused on that or they think they're going to take it the entire length of the field and they get dispossessed. So it's still kind of this, uh, as I look at it, a little bit overly direct play through the midfield. I think you can, I think you can be a little bit more deliberate about your your buildup. Um, and now, part of this is I think that they're trying to, uh, what like the number one rule is that if there's no pressure in the midfield, the back line drops, right? Yeah. So I think they're trying to beat some of that pressure in the midfield on the dribble a lot of the time with when you you know Sifu or. Bowanga in this case, or Bogic picks up the ball and just starts dribbling hard, right? The idea is to beat that press so the back line drops. And now once you have them backpedaling, now you can pick out the passes that you're going to make to your forwards. But uh, you you still have to pay attention, right? You can still be pressured from from behind as you're, as you're attacking a goal. So I, I don't think we that the LAFC needs to rely on that 100% of the time. Um, if you catch them sleeping... Great, do it. Go balls to the wall, but you have to recognize when those advantages materialize and when they don't. And if they're if it's not on, then stop and and take a breath, right? Yeah, and then reattack. Well, I mean, I would say I, I do think they 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 seem to be more aware of when those opportunities were there and when they weren't, right? Like I, you know, like how many times over the last few months have we see Bongas dribbling into a wall? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yesterday it happened maybe once. Mm-hmm. twice maybe throughout the entirety of the game and 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 I think by the time he did it the second time it was more 
him just trying to get a third goal because you're up by four goals and why not? Yeah, yeah. The game you know, was like, pretty open by then. So yeah. it's hard to analyze too much of what happened after Past really four goal goals, four. Right? Yeah. So yeah. um that's why it's like I said, when I you know, when you when you kind of look at it, I like I said, I think this is one of those interesting games where you there shouldn't be a lot to take from, but there's actually a lot to take from. Like the or let's put it this way. I think the 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 danger would be to take too much from it right because like Mm -hmm. oh we can just do that like you're not gonna be able to do that to every game every team right but i think they actually did a lot of nice things tactically that i think they can keep that up and and provide more of that opportunity that when you build up the right side there's this pattern to play when you build up the left now you have bogus driving into space which just tends to balance the field so much better and you know like i said and he connects so much better um, in that position than he does when he's on the wing. Um, I do think it's going to, you know, it, it's going to mean a lot of good things. And like I said, I think some of these new guys are in for it. Right? Like I said, we yeah. talked about or, it earlier with Ordaz. Um, you know, like, you know, like I said, maybe Ordaz is going to, you know, is going to do his darnest to keep Gonzalez off the field. Same thing with, you know, Krastev and, and, uh, you know, and the new winger, right? I'm sure. Oliveira, yeah. Oliveira, right? Like, you know, maybe their their opportunity may come because is is going to come because guys need a rest. But I'm sure the guys that are there, whether it's Stipe or whether it's, you know, Bogush, are going to do what they can to make sure those guys don't get any playing time, you know, which is awesome. Yeah. That's what you want to see. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, I mean, I it's a fun game. So, like, there's... And we've already kind of talked about all the things that they did that they did so well. Matty Bogic in the midfield was class. Uh, it was good to see Ilya rested. Um, Chiellini seemed to have plenty of gas. Like I mean, it was just a it was a great performance. It was dominant. It was fun to watch, um, and hopefully continues with either Leon or RSL, who are currently in a weather delay. So we'll find out tomorrow who who LAFC plays. Uh, anything else from this game that you want to get to Josh or any other things you want to hit before we get into questions? No, I mean, I, you know what, from a defensive perspective, I actually did like the, I wasn't sure how I was going to like it, but the long, the partnership of long and Marie and, uh, Chiellini worked. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, yeah. cause I, I think you, you lean into like, here's your athletic, uh, hustle guy in Aaron long. Right. And here's your, mm-hmm. um, your smarter, more tactically minded, um, better passer, just like a more class center back, right? Yeah, and they balance each other well. Yeah, and well like enough. I, said, I would say Long Long got in there and dropped the hammer when he needed to, and so did Chiellini. To be fair, uh, some <laughs> some significantly missed assignments on on Juarez's goal. I will say that second ball has to be defended, and you see Hollingshead. Uh, Chiellini and Long all watching the ball fall to the feet of the of the Juarez at, attacker as he just kind of like hits the sidewinder yeah. in a goal. And I actually think it was probably Chiellini that was like, because I think Long is the one that challenges in the air first, correct? So Long Long went to cover somebody else. It almost looked like somebody, like, I don't know. It, it's tough to say who it was, but Long looked like he was chasing somebody around in the box. And then that ball goes up in the air and you see all three of them turn. I, uh, to me, Hollingshead might be responsible for the man that Ilya goes up with the header for, which probably means he should switch off. Again, this all happens so fast. It's hard to really point fingers. But there's just three defenders 
right about the six, watching that ball fall down to his foot. And it's kind of like, all right, guys, like I know we're winning two to nothing, but you got to figure this one out. Yeah. And again, maybe I think it seemed like to be that moment that woke him up a little bit because right after that, right, you get that next yeah, goal yeah. that was right. Okay, right. they're locked in, right? Like I yep. said, it wasn't. You didn't see the. You didn't see them kind of fold, you know, or 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 pull back or anything in that moment. It seemed like they yeah. were ready to step up to that challenge and go. Yeah. So, only other thing I wanted to point out was uh, they did take advantage of Juarez's backup goalkeeper again. Back to the first Vela goal, the chip. Um, I don't know what he's doing there, Josh. <laughs> I really don't know. Uh, he steps past Bawanga to catch the ball or, you know, attack the ball that's in the air. And he, like, Bawanga doesn't even challenge because he's the goal. The keeper's won the position. Like, all he's got to do is bring that ball down in his hands. And instead, he spikes it into the ground and his, you know, his defender can't handle the ball. So it does fall to the most dangerous man on the field in Carlos Vela. So it's like that's some unfortunate stuff. You know, he's way out of the box, and uh, Bowanga tries to chip him from about 40 yards out after that, after he wins the tackle. But um, not really sure what he was doing most of the game. But it doesn't change the fact that uh, so many of those goals were, were well-deserved and well and well taken. Yeah. Um, just an observation on my part. No, like I said, it was, you know, it, it felt like a Tyler Miller moment. <laughs> Honestly, where it's like he <laughs> yeah. was like so indecisive and like you yeah. or like yeah. th- was being aggressive and then also not at the same time. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Okay. All right. Let's get into questions. First one is from uh, shoulder to shoulder. Which of the three new signings will have the biggest impact? Krostev, Gonzalez, or Oliveira? So I'm going to say it's def- it's got to be Gonzalez. hundred percent. Yeah. Because. Krastev and Oliveira will have to outplay guys to get on the field, right? They're going to have to show that they're significantly better than what yeah. Bogush and and uh, Stipe do in their respective positions to get on the field. Because again, they're at this moment, right? Oliveira is the third winger on the depth chart, fourth winger on the depth chart. Depends on who you're counting. Yeah. If you if if, if Gonzalez is your striker. Right, and the back, and then your your wingers are now Buanga and Vela. Mm-hmm. the The next winger is technically Stipe. Puke, yeah. Right, and then the next one after that would be Oliveira, right? Yeah. So what I meant is, it depends on if they're counting Bogic or not. No, I would say Bogic I, I, as a midfielder. I would advise them to not do that. Yeah, <laughs> but they don't care what I say. Despite strong performances in the midfield, every time he's there from Bogic and him, and he he himself saying on the record, like I'm an I'm an attacking midfielder, but yeah, uh, I I do agree on Gonzalez. I think um, that's been the the position that we needed to fill the most. Mm-hmm. It's where the biggest void was, and you're bringing in a player who's had a decent amount of success, right? that does exactly what you're looking for. Somebody who utilizes movement in the box to get on the end of crosses, passes, create for himself, but he's just constantly terrorizing the back lines with movement, um, which opens up space for your other attackers. If they don't like, if they respect Gonzalez too much, then now your other attackers are running free. So uh, to me, that's, that's the big one for sure. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, ben Cox, hoping this settles the bogus as a midfielder debate. I mean, we've that debate's been settled for us for a couple of months now. <laughs> You'll get oh, no argument from man. us. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, counterpress listeners are the smartest, right? Mm. They, they know. They know. All right. Tom Camilleri. As we've said, give Ordaz 30 minutes and watch him cook. Oh, and some other fellows scored two. Only thing that could sully a seven-goal game would be if Bella were to get his annual upper leg injury. And oh, come on. It is August, so it's about that time, <laughs> Josh. Yeah. But again, that's why I guess that's why you have all your you bring in all this all this reinforcement and you kind of go from there. Yeah, I mean they have they have plenty of wingers, so um feel good about where they're at. Honestly, I'd feel good. Like if he's going to miss a couple weeks, I would feel good about Buke filling in for him on the right where he's yeah. looked more comfortable and Gonzalez in the middle, mm-hmm. right? Where you have two kind of high profile attackers and then Buke can just do be the third guy. Like yep. you don't, he doesn't have to do everything. And then you put Bogish in that eight slash 10 role with Acosta yeah. and Ilya yeah. kind of, flattening out and or yep. playing behind him in a double pivot. So midfield looked good, man. Midfield looked good with like this, clearly defined roles. This is the where... most most impactful they've looked yeah. in months. But imagine, Josh, imagine what happens when you put an attack minded midfielder, a box to box midfielder, and a holding midfielder all together at the same time. You know, someone must have thought about it before, but apparently not until this game. <laughs> okay. Um, Juan Pablo Marquez. We knew rest would have helped, or who knew that rest would have helped this team? Still need a lot of work beating uh, Juarez was expected. The addition should help with the depth and keep this level of play. Yeah, I... I, it's one of the reasons I want to go over all the goals this uh, on this show is because I wanted to point out that like a lot of this stuff is repeatable. Mm-hmm. Um, scoring off set pieces is repeatable, maybe not off somebody's back, but like having a midfielder take a half volley from outside the box on a corner that's a that's a repeatable thing. Building up the right side leading to goals and penalties is a repeatable thing. Using Carlos to play make as he drops into the midfield and find Bowanga on the run as the defense collapses around Vela is a repeatable thing, right? Hitting on the counter door, Daz, if Bowanga is willing to release the pass is a repeatable thing. If he's willing to release the pass, right? So there's lots of positive signs in the way that they were finding the back of the net last night. Yeah. But I think that's the thing, right? It's like once you see these things kind of come into fruition, it makes it a lot easier to trust that it's going to come off, right? As opposed to, you know, like I said, as a coach, how many times have you installed something and then it doesn't work out and then you just kind of, instead yeah. of adjusting and trying to figure out how it works, you let it go to the wind. So I think you do hope that Buanga sees how much more room he has to operate when he releases early, you know, how much more room Vela has to operate when you have people in good positions and overlapping in the right positions and not being stagnant in their positions. You know, like I said, in, on his goal, on his Vela's, second goal mm-hmm. um buke does a good job to keep the spacing right when vela yeah. cuts inside yeah. and again oftentimes when it was mahala mahala tends to drift in into the position 
Um, and again, in, I think in that particular case, they did a good job of maintaining the space and giving Vela the room so that yeah. they can't, they, they couldn't cheat down. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, one of the, one of the factors that leads to that goal is the fact that Ilya finds him quick enough, right? One touch pass that comes in from the wing. Um, so that Carlos can just be one-on-one and because nobody's there crowding Carlos, right. And holding their space. Well, the defense is, you know, honoring all these other attackers. So good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Monster twins at Katie's monster. Were we the best team ever or were they so terrible? This game was bonkers. It was great to see all the goals, Josh. We were exactly who we thought we were for the first four goals. Right? Because yeah. again, those are the ones that I think matter the most, right? Um, because again, those we saw what this team looks like at full strength, and it didn't. And it, when you when they play like that in this league or in Liga MX, it doesn't matter who you put in front of them. LAFC is going to run them off the field. Yeah, when they click yeah. that way. Um, now, the flip side is, like I said, they're still going to have some of these fall asleep moments and so on and so forth. And I think after the fourth, you know, after the fourth one. What FC Juarez did did crumble, right? So again, yeah. the seven the seven one is more of a fact that they were defeated at that point. But like I said, two up until that fourth goal, I do think they were they were still in it and playing hard. Yeah, LAFC just looked that much better. Yeah, I mean they played a high line of pressure. I mean they were they were pressing for the majority of the game. Uh, line of confrontation was set really high against LAFC, which does open up space for LAFC to attack, right? Like that's but one thing how about often the have we seen teams play that high lately and we've just crumbled in it or haven't done oh, anything? Yeah, well, I mean, that's what happens when you start playing hero ball through the midfield mm-hmm. or you don't play in the midfield at all against yeah. the press. I mean, that's right? probably more the case, right? They, instead of, they just bypass it and just hit long balls. Well, I mean, that's how you create overloads, right? Is you bring midfielders. <laughs> so like if the ball is between this, if, if you set up what we call a game center between the center back the left back, the left winger, and the holding mid, for example. Like, you can bring that left side attacking mid over to help, too. You can even bring over the other center back. You can even bring over the other... So you bring over, like, the other midfielders to help overload those positions to attract more pressure and open up more space. Uh, But you got to use the midfielders. That's how you get overloads. That's where you have all the extra bodies. Um, So, I, you know... This is just, I, nobody wants to hear me talk about the midfield anymore. I'm, I'm convinced, Josh, so I'm going to stop. I mean, today is one that you can probably lay off it because they've like, they, they did everything you asked for finally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just do it every freaking time, guys. It'll work. Yeah. I promise. Um, the only thing, the other thing I'll say about that is when you put up seven, uh, it probably does mean that the other team got some stuff wrong and, you know, isn't quite at your level. Uh, but, you can't discount the fact that attackers are still getting the job done, right? There's still professionals out there at relatively the same level executing executing the plays. Um, so I mean, like we've the, seen this same LAFC team go up against a worse team than FC Juarez. Yeah, yeah. And lose 1-0, yeah. right? So... Fellas still got to hit the pass to Bowanga over the top of everybody with the right amount of pace. Bowanga still has to time his run perfectly. He's still got to commit the keeper early and shoot to the back post on that ball on that goal, and he's got to keep it low and hard enough to get around the keeper, right? So it's there's still technical things that have to be executed 
even if Juarez isn't totally up to the task, right? It's like when Miami beat up on Atlanta, a lot of focus, even from me, admittedly, about Atlanta is doing this all wrong, right? By not pressuring Sergio Busquets and just allowing this man to just pick out passes. Um, But he still has to pick out those passes and Messi still has to go execute uh, in front of goal, which is not easy against professionals. Um, So it's, it's the same. It's really kind of the same thing. Like they still have to go do it. You can't discount it just because the defenders aren't doing their job or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Okay. Uh, Next one is from at yo, yo Tori 66. The score is irrelevant. In my opinion, they really need to work on defending corners Add left back help uh, for Palacios. Yeah, I, I don't. I just don't see it happening. Josh and I. I think. I think Josh. Correct me if I'm wrong, but we've just kind of given up on it. We were willing yeah. to fight that fight. We fought it for what I feel like is two years on keeping four fullbacks on the roster. But I don't. I think we've lost that war. Again, it's 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 whatever they've decided is the best way to efficiently build a roster right and so yeah you know i guess kellen Acosta is their fourth their fourth fullback <laughs> i mean yeah to to their credit or discredit i don't know uh we know that a lot of the center backs um can deputize it right back if needed even though that hasn't been the plan just don't put duenius there again he's not he's not up to that task uh but he played really well in the midfield too i thought Anyway, uh, corners, yeah, defending corners. Uh, we we kind of talked about the defending on this one. It's just not good. And it's that second ball, right? People, you, people talk about it all the time. Oftentimes, the first one, everybody knows their assignment. But then the second one is just kind of like 50-50 time. Somebody's got to go get it. And they were asleep. So uh, the next one, ooh, you're going to like this one, Josh. From Wedge Game, Aaron Long being good at aerials is a myth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how about you tee off on this one you like that pun wedge game yeah i mean i don't know i i still i gotta give credit he looked he looked fine yesterday i'm not gonna i'm not gonna take the time to go after after him for any particular reason because again he was he did Aaron long things he was tough he was a tough defender did his did he was supposed to and we won so yeah, I, to me, it's not the time. There's, I'll reserve, I'll reserve my criticism for a time where it's probably a lot more warranted. Yeah, I, I can't tell you off the top of my head of an example where he missed like a, a cross that was whipped in. I'm not saying it didn't happen; it may have. I don't know. Um, just to pull up some stats real quick, they only tell so much of the story. That's fine. It's this isn't. I'm not trying to get in a fight with Wedge Game here, but. Uh, he is in the 86th percentile in MLS for aerials one with three and a half per 90. Um, he's got a 67% uh, win percentage on aerials, which is good enough for 81st percentile. So yeah, he's not, he's not the best in MLS at it, but he's strong enough. Is he worth the contract? That's a discussion for another day. Yeah. Again, but, it comes down to probably the frustration that, I mean, the you know, it's probably the same frustration that we've all had with how he's described by state media. Yeah, right. Oh, absolutely. So absolutely. again, I think he's he's done a disservice by how 
how the league views and has talked about him. Um, whereas again, I don't think he's necessarily deserving of, you know, like if you were to, if you were to put it into context and say, okay, is he better than the majority of defenders? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Is he 21, Mr. $21 million or where the heck he was? Probably not, but 15 million to Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't have to be. <laughs> Right, like I think the, I think what one thing so we can get sidetracked on this real quick, but uh, one thing that MLS fans have to understand and not turn into NPCs over anymore uh, is that MLS players are not going to go for big money. They're just not, and I like they're going to get to Europe when they're seen as a bargain buy, and that's kind of where we're at right right now where. Uh, Diego Rossi is on his way back, right? And a lot of these transfers that have that have happened aren't exa- like I. I don't even know if Newcastle would spend the same amount of money that they did for Almiron, which was I think twenty five million for Almiron. And I, again, I'm not I'm not sure Newcastle's doing that deal again tomorrow. I know he had a good season this past year, but um, I think we really have to understand that just because they're doing well and because transfer market says. Jose Cifuentes is a $12 million midfielder. He's not getting sold for $12 million to Europe, even if he's in the middle of his contract, right? European clubs are just not going to pay that much from MLS. Yeah, I think obviously it's like we probably have to factor in the post, what COVID did post, right? Um, what, yeah, I how mean, COVID the, the affected the transfer market. Right? Yeah. The only, well, yes and no, right? Unless you're, unless you're going to Saudi Arabia. So that would be that is the extenuating factor yeah. that maybe props yeah. it up in a different way and maybe changes the dynamic is if you're able. But at the same time, Zellerayan went for three million or whatever it was or what yeah. you know like. Yeah. So if, if if Columbus sold that guy for three million and we got one point five for Sifu, hey, it's not a bad deal. Right, right. So I mean, all of this is a roundabout way to say like, I mean, there were serious people. Let me rephrase that. There were people at State Media who were serious about Aaron Long being a $15 million center back headed to Liverpool. That is wild. That, I mean, that's just, it's crazy town. Um, just as it's crazy town to think that Sifu was going to go for 12 million. This is never going to happen. Uh, anyway. Okay. So yeah, I, long story short, I do think he's done a disservice by the amount of hype that he's received. And he's a cool story, right? Kind of a late bloomer, Came through, I think Portland too, and then and then uh, Seattle too, and then Red Bull. In, like was in a system that really suited his needs, and then now he's like one of the bigger free agents uh, when he leaves Red Bulls. So anyway, cool story. Uh, happy to put him to work, but needs improvement. Um, okay, at LAFC Zone, pressure of Kripo returning had McCarthy as sharp as we've seen him in a while. Josh. You gave yeah. him a, a bad grade in the midseason review. <laughs> I mean, answer. <laughs> McCarthy again will always get credit for being in a, a great shot stopper. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, and he didn't necessarily need to be a great distributor in this game either because of the mm-hmm. way that Juarez was playing. So you know they're in like a four four two. They're still pressing kind of high, but they're spread out, and so it allows yeah. you know when he's hitting those longer passes that we often are more critical of, it doesn't put LAFC in bad positions there, right? Where you're having to recover or 
you're not just turning the ball over immediately after after the fact. So I do think that he's he's probably lended lended some you know some favor there. But at the same time, like I said, he was fine. Like I said, it's one yeah. of those situations where, um, you know, like I said, there, there's prob- there's no need to criticize him. Yet no real like. At the same time, I don't. I still want a little bit more for my keeper, depending on who our opponent is, because I think that that ability to play from the back will come in, will become more important as this tournament drags on. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, Darmalia. That was an easy game to get back into things. I just have to say, it was good to see the boys on fresh legs. What a difference a couple of weeks makes in recovery. Yeah, everybody looked healthy, lively. Vela, again, we talked about that. It's probably the the one who we worry about the most where he tends to show his age and he's already kind of a streaky player. So to see him out and being so effective was, was good. So uh, a very positive thing. South Central LAFC, worried about Buke. Was there more team chemistry once Butte got subbed off or Daz subbed in, subbed in stepped up and killed? I, I I didn't think Buke was bad last night. I thought he was pretty effective in what he, in what he was doing. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I didn't really have any complaints about him last night. I think his movement actually is beneficial to creating those first couple goals while he's in the, you know, the goals while he's in the game. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it opens up after the fact, but I think by then Juarez was already done. Right. But I think his movement, his movement was definitely complementary to Vela and Buanga, which yeah. you know, and again, and is and is supported by the fact that you had a midfield that you know was definitely a lot better balanced and constructed than we've seen previous. Yeah. I'm excited to see Buke come off the bench regularly and kind of and spot fill for Vela when he's tired. I think I think that's going to be a, a strong role for him. I think it's going to give him the right amount of minutes to try and like continue to integrate himself into the team, and also to like not have too much responsibility and not feel like he has to do it all himself. Yeah, um, and he can just go out there and play, uh, which I think is what most young players need to do. They need to be in a spot where they can just do their thing and learn the game. Um, last one here is from Alan Kine. Open the Ordaz gates. Great to see. Uh, great to get Sergi back. Great to see joy on Denis' face and hope Vela is okay. Yeah, I mean, speaking on Palencia, that being said, that I think to me was like the surprise of the night that he was. Yeah, I, when they cut over to him seven and I was like, dang, here we go, boys yeah. are back. And uh, you know, because I said I, I do it now. Solve not solve, but it, it definitely makes me feel a lot more comfortable with where we are from a depth perspective now, knowing that he's there, knowing that Maria was, they said most of the way back at this point, Um, you know, again, and if you're going to play long and Marie and Gillian together with Maldonado as your, your, your sub guy, when you're up five goals, then so be it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, very positive game. Uh, Good signs. Uh, of what's to come, hopefully with fresher legs in the second half of the season. We obviously don't want to get too carried away here. We've seen them struggle um, with fatigue and everything, so we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks as they as they load up their schedule again. But um, a sign of, of what this team can do in must-win games and against competition that, you know, is probably 
a fair representation of what they're going to see down the stretch in LAFC or in, in MLS play, right? Kind of like middling teams. Uh, and so hopefully LAFC can put them away easy and roll into the playoffs in a strong position. Yeah. I mean, I think the one thing that I think Joe pointed out, right, was that there hasn't been a team that's really separated themselves, right, in the West yeah. especially. Mm-hmm. Right? Everyone's kind of come back down there. So LAFC, while, again, we've been highly critical and about how they've played, are still in a good position. And I think like, they're they're third in the West, but eighth overall yeah. right, in the standings. And so, again, I, I don't, I never thought the shield would be in in the picture, given right, given how things had gone. But I think this in this particular case, like I said, if you can finish in a high enough position where you get some home games right through the early stages, yeah. and then you got to go on the road, which LFC has been able to do in the past and play well, then so be it. Yeah, like I, said, I think the goal here it can easily be let's win the West. Yeah, right. Seattle is vulnerable. St. Louis is definitely vulnerable, right? You can, I think they're currently in second right behind St. Louis. So it's, it's within reach. And then, you know, all you got to do is make it to Western, uh, like you, you will host the Western conference final, Mm -hmm. assuming you make it. And chances are, if you, if you get there and get to MLS cup, you're probably going to host the MLS cup as well. Right. It's not very often that you, again, I think the last, uh, last year was one of the first times in years that it had been the, two number one seeds, right? Mm-hmm. So um, chances are good that you even host the cup um, if you can if you can get back there. So hopefully they stick with it. Anything else to get to tonight, Josh? No, I'm sad. I'm, it was fun to see, fun to watch. Glad to see the boys back. It'll be, be interesting to see how, thing, how things come around. I think next Tuesday is the next game. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. And we'll just... Uh, the. Leon and RSL game got officially postponed, so we won't we won't know till tomorrow night uh, who we're going to face that day. But we will talk to you all after that. You can follow the show at counterpress underscore me at Kirk Kinsey Josh. I'll see Josh on Twitter. We will talk to you all later. Good night.